eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody, welcome in Utopia Football Podcast. This is the Week Six. Normally, this would be the preview of the game coming up in Week Six, but the Texans are on a bye week this week. Kind of thankfully, they're on a bye week this week because the Astros chose to make Tuesday afternoon one of the greatest afternoons in the history of the team. I should say more specifically, Jordan Alvarez chose to do that by choosing to hit a ball 439 feet to win game one of the ALDS. And we will talk about that. And we're also going to do an all for real or Fugazi football version of the podcast today as we welcome you in. My name is Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast mornings on Sports Radio 610, joined by the Hall of Famer. Our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com, GalleriesSports.com as well, John McClain. John, how are we doing? I'm still on a high from that home run. I've given up. I thought they were defeated. And uh, I thought everything had to break right to get two guys on base, especially when Pena got that single because he hadn't done squat. He'd been swinging at balls out of the zone. And when he got that single up the middle, I thought, oh, my God, could this possibly happen? And no way this is going to happen. They're going to lose this game. And then when he hit it, I immediately thought of Billy Hatcher and his home run, Chris Burke, when he hit home run, Altuve, when he hit his walk-off against the Yankees. But nobody's accusing Alvarez of wearing a buzzer to help him hit a home run. So I don't know if it, they were all dramatic. And I, I watched them all, and I don't know what it – maybe it's because this one's the most recent, maybe because they were down as much as they were, but it just seemed to be so special. Another thing could have been because he hit it so hard and so far. I mean, it wasn't just a walk-off. It was a tape measure walk-off, and you can't beat that. And one of the things I've done, Sean, I loved – I've watched it probably 50 times. I've heard the – Robert Ford broadcast on radio. I think Robert does a tremendous job. I listened to the Hispanic call multiple times, could understand about five words in there. And it was exciting. And I loved watching videos posted by fans 
in the stands. Yeah. And Mattress Mac was in the stands. I saw one high-fiving to everybody. And other than Jim Crane, there couldn't have been anybody happier because he's got $75 million riding on the Astros winning the World Series. Yeah, yeah. So he's... So he's got $75 million, and that's split up amongst multiple bets, right? He bet $10 million, and I think he had to go one, two, three, four, five places, $2 million each. I know at one point he had to go to Iowa because nobody will take his big bets anymore. So he has to get on a plane and spread them around. So he bet 10 and he has a chance to win $75 million and Knowing Mac, he'll give most of it away. Yeah, no, there's yeah, there's no doubt. Mac's one of the most general philanthropists in the city. Um, you know, John, it, it the 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 home run itself is an easy thing to break down. You know, I I thought the second they brought Robbie Ray in, I was confident something was going to happen with Jordan. Now, I didn't expect it to be a tape measure shot on the second pitch, um, but it didn't surprise me that he hit a tape measure shot. He's Jordan Alvarez, but he'd been making good contact all day. So I knew something, I had a really good feeling something was going to happen. When you bring in a starting pitcher in a situation like that, with guys on base in the middle of an inning, I, like that to me is just a, that is a situation that is set up for disaster. And Jordan hits lefties just fine. He hit 321 against lefties this year. I think the, the honestly, I mean, the home run is impressive. So I'm not going to sit here and try to sound overly smart that it wasn't the most impressive part of that whole sequence. It was. But to me, the second most impressive part of that sequence wasn't Pena getting the base hit. It was impressive. Don't get me wrong. David Hensley drawing that, I'll call it a walk. It, <laughs> it, it goes into the box score as a hit by pitch, but he was hit by a pitch that was going to be ball four. He worked an eight pitch walk slash hit by pitch in his first at bat ever in the postseason in a situation where, to your point, the team was dead in the water. You know, that, that team. And and I think at, at that point with Hensley, I was saying to myself, man, just get on base and give Altuve a chance. And it was actually Altuve who had the worst at-bat of anybody in that inning. You know, he struck out in the bottom of the ninth. But Hensley working the walk and then Pena, you know, who, look, he's got big shoes to fill this postseason with Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa's calling card was big moments in October at the plate and in the field, and I thought Pena, Hensley's at-bat was the unsung at-bat, or plate appearance, I guess we'll call it, of the night. Pena's performance was the unsung performance because not only the base hit that kept the game going and got the baton to Jordan, but he made two plays in the field in the second inning and the eighth inning to end the inning that were gold-glove caliber plays. The double play that he turned in the second inning when Verlander was in trouble and then the because really they were down four nothing at that point. He doesn't field that ball in that double play. Who knows how long that inning keeps going? Because Verlander was not good all afternoon. Um, and then the the caught stealing in the eighth inning where Vasquez threw the ball down to second. He short hopped it, and Pena was able to somehow field that and get a tag down while not getting his legs spiked by the runner sliding into second. I thought were just two tremendous defensive plays. I was really happy for Jeremy Pena because he's going to have a microscope on him because he is not Carlos Correa this postseason. Hensley was pinch hitting for Diaz, right? He was pinch hitting for Dubon, who had gone. Dubon, D okay. Yeah, Diaz, Dubon, yeah. Diaz pinch hit for Chaz earlier in the night, and earlier in the, in the game, and then Dubon came in in center field, and then – Hensley came in and pinch hit for Dubon. And then when Hensley got on, Jake Myers pinch ran for 
uh, Hensley. It's amazing how bad of a hitter Dubon is, and yet he goes to play center field, which to me is their biggest need in the offseason, get another legitimate center fielder that they haven't had since George Springer left. But you're right. Hensley was an unsung hero to get on base. Think about this. He came up in late August, and there he is, figuring one of the most dramatic finishes in the history of baseball playoffs, period. And uh, Pena, too, being a rookie, Hensley, yep. 26 years old, to finally get his chance. I tell you, of all his stats, one of the weirdest, that's the first time Alvarez had a home run with somebody on base since June 29th. Yeah, 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 that's, boy, that, that's that strange. It, and I had seen that stat before the playoffs, Sean. His last 14 home runs had been solo home runs. I had completely forgotten about that, and I had it in my notes heading into the playoffs. But there were so many other things about that home run that were so mathematically microscopic in terms of probability and things having happened before to the point where I saw Jason Stark had this in the athletic, there have been 1,714 postseason games over 118 different postseasons. That was the first time I couldn't believe this. When I saw this, John, that was the first time in postseason history that a team was trailing by multiple runs down to their last out and got a home run to swing the game from a loss to a win, like a walk-off, a walk-off home run down by multiple runs down to their last out. That was the first time in, in postseason history that there'd been a home run in that situation. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's also crazy. It's only the second in the history to Kirk Gibson in 1988. You would have thought in all those years that somebody else would have been in that situation. Maybe if Alvarez had limped around the bases, he would get his played as many times over the next 30 years as Gibson has. And I love stats like that. Jason Stark, you mentioned in Athletic, he's the king of great stat columns, yeah. wild, wild and weird. And we're going to be, you know, it's funny because say they go to the World Series, we're going to be looking back. This will seem like months ago, considering uh, how long the World Series is, first week of November. But I tell you, in, in in the history of this franchise, it's um, you know right up there with Hatcher, Burke, Altuve, and yep. now Yordan uh, Alvarez. I thought the Chronicle had a great headline: Yordan rules. And uh, I saw so many good ones like that that people used plays on his name. But man, it was great that he had his family here to see him as well. Just just an unbelievable experience and now what are they going to do for an encore oh you mentioned verlander verlander was awful and he's been awful in yeah. the playoffs game in his first eight playoff games for the astros he was great and now it's what six or seven in a row in which he's been awful he's got a in his last eight starts and in five of them he's given up four or more earned runs and he's got a one in five record with a 5.36 era over his last eight playoff appearances. You know, he's had two years off, so maybe there was a reason for that before, but then when he picks up where he left off in 2019, it's got to be mental. It can't be physical. He was too dominant this year. He was season. just dominant like a week ago. <laughs> you know, he yeah. finished the season throwing five no-hit innings before just dropping the mic and walking out of the game. So, yeah, I think it's got to be psychological. I mean, eight starts – across multiple seasons is, a, to me, a big enough sample to be at least slightly concerned. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'll pose the question to you, John, before we get into our football for real or fugazis. Um, if the Astros, let's say this goes to a game four. Uh Christian Javier pitched in relief yesterday for an inning and a third, but he would have the same amount of rest as Justin Verlander. So you could start either of them on regular rest. Who do you start in game four, Justin Verlander or Christian Javier? You got to go with Verlander. He's your ace. Doesn't matter how bad he pitched in that first game. If they didn't go with him and Javier got roughed up, then Dusty's never, ever going to forgive himself. If you're going to lose – Lose with your best. Yeah, I, I think, and I think that's Dusty. Dusty would do that too. Like, your sentiment is, I think, a bit of an old school sentiment because my guess is there's probably some numbers floating around out there that say Javier would be the guy to start in that situation. And I don't know if maybe some of it depends if it goes to game four, if they're leading two to one or if they're trailing two to one, maybe at that point. Um, but Dusty did blame Verlander's performance yesterday on sort of the routine being disrupted by the long break in between. So I, I don't know what to make of it. <clears throat> Verlander's pitched plenty of games on extended rest this season. I just think it was a bad day at the office. And I do think early in the game, he was keyed up because everything was high. Everything was high. So I think he was, you know, he hadn't pitched in a playoff game in literally three years. So the adrenaline was probably, adrenaline was probably pumping for him. I would imagine. If he doesn't get keyed up going on to keyed up, then a little thing like a baseball playoffs shouldn't get him too keyed up. You think a guy that with that experience, uh, as great as he's been, that nothing would get him keyed up. But as you said, it was pretty obvious when they throw high and he was throwing hard. And some of those pitches, when I talk about high, you know, they could have gone to the backstop, but uh, maybe he will be more relaxed the next time he starts because of all the great stats we see involving Alvarez in history, that one about Verlander and the playoffs is perplexing. Yeah. Big time, big time. The good news is they've got a lot of depth in the pitching staff this year. You know, Dusty might have a quicker hook for Verlander if he looks the same next time out as he did this time out. I mean, you got Arquiti and Garcia sitting right there and Javier, obviously who he's not afraid to use in relief. And John, we've, we left out one other rookie that contributed to the win yesterday. We mentioned Hensley and Jeremy Pena. Hunter Brown gave you a nice solid eighth inning in that thing to keep you, you know, keep keep him within uh, within striking distance there. His ERA coming in was 0.89. I would not hesitate to use Hunter Brown. Yep, indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, all right, let's get to a little for real or fugazi, John, NFL style. And we're going to do two categories here. One is teams that are record-wise worse than the Texans. 
The other is I've got the pro football focus grades for a handful of Texan players and where they rank at their positions. So we're going to do a little for real or Fugazi in those two categories. So let's start off with the teams that are worse than the Texans in the standings. Are these teams for real worse than the Texans or are they Fugazi worse than the Texans? In other words, are these teams that are actually better than the Houston Texans despite their one and four record? We'll start with their team, John, the team that they play that is next up on the schedule, the one and four Las Vegas Raiders. Are the Raiders for real worse than the Texans or Fugazi worse than the Texans? Uh, no, they're not worse than the Texans. My goodness. They well, John, I'll say talk. it then. You got to give it to us. Is it for real? I get, You confuse me. Is it for real or for Gazy if I think they're better than the Texans? If you think they're better than the Texans, they are Fugazi worse than Fugazi. the Texans. Yeah. They are so much better than the Texans. Now, Texans have lost close games they could have won, but they're not as good as the Raiders. We've had not only lose close games, but they've had a lot of really bad luck. And I don't think anybody can say the Texans have had bad luck not to win those games in the fourth quarter. They had bad playing. Yeah, and they had, they've had they've had tough games against decent teams. To wit, Kansas City Chiefs on Monday. You know they they stood toe to toe with the Chiefs. I'm with you. I think the Raiders are actually I think the Raiders are actually probably a good football team. That I if you ask me right now if I can go place a bet, I don't know what the odds are on the Raiders making the playoffs. My get my my guess is that you're going to get. Um, you're going to get probably pretty good value on them at one and four right now. I might think of placing a bet on the Raiders to make the playoffs at, you know, nine and eight or 10 and seven uh, right now. All right. One and four Washington commanders, John, are the commanders for real worse than the Texans or are they Fugazi worse than the Texans? For real worse than the Texans, that game where they're going to play at NRG stadium. I would fully expect the Texans to win. I'm guessing by then uh, that Heineke will be the quarterback over Carson Wentz. Heineke, of course, had a cup of coffee when Bill O'Brien was here. But uh, they're, the Texans could be getting a little bit better. The commanders seem to be getting a little worse. Yeah. Do you think – so is, are we done with Carson Wentz now, John? Like, is this it? Can we can we stop giving him starting jobs every year from some team? I think that we're going to see Sean that he'll get he'll get role he'll get paid to be a backup and he's made so much money that certainly shouldn't be a factor yeah all right so now we get to the there's we have three more teams that are on paper or at least in the standings worse than the Texans John the next one is the Detroit Lions everybody's darling coming into the year because of hard knocks and Dan Campbell look how much energy he has blah 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 uh, they stink defensively but you tell me John at one and four are the Lions for real worse than the one three and one Texans, or are they actually better? Are they a Fugazi worse than the Texans? I'm going to say for real again. They they just got shut out. That highest scoring offense, averaging 35 points a game, got shut out by the Patriots, and they were defeated by Bailey Zappi, a rookie third string quarterback. That could signal the beginning of the end for the Lions and all those high hopes people had in Detroit that maybe they would develop a defense to go with a high-scoring offense. I think they will be, like the Texans, one of the teams picking high in the draft again. Yep. I, You know, John, I, I, I think they will be too. And I think it's a real lesson in coaching, hiring. Like, I, I think Dan Campbell seems like a great dude. I think he looks like he'd be fun as hell to go have beers with. And he's probably a pretty good position coach, I would imagine. I just don't know that 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 
degree of emotional swing works in an NFL locker room. You know, the, the stuff that seems to probably, he'd probably be a really good college coach. You know, the, the rah-rah stuff that seems to really work on 18 to 22 year olds. I know that when they're winning, they show the lions locker room and everybody's, Oh, Dan Campbell. Uh, they never show the locker room when they're losing, <laughs> you know, we never get to see those videos on NFL films. And I would imagine there's some stuff that happens. that makes adults roll their eyes a little bit. Because you know he gets absolutely crushed, and he can't hide it. And exactly. he wears those sleeves, right? He wears those emotions on his sleeves. Everybody knows it. And players are supposed to be mirror images of their coaches. And when you are somebody who celebrates winning as much as he does and suffers losing as much as he does, you're guaranteed to be on an emotional roller coaster, and that's not what they want. Nope. All right, let's get two more, John. The Steelers are one in four right now. One in four. This is new territory for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. They, they've not finished below 500 the entire time Tomlin's been there. They are well on their way to finishing below 500 this season with Kenny Pickett as their quarterback. Are the one in four Steelers for real worse than the one, three and one Houston Texans, or are they actually better? Are they a Fugazi worse than the Texans? Fugazi worse than the Texans. We're talking about the Steelers. We're talking about Mike Tomlin, as you mentioned, no losing seasons. He's got a rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, through three interceptions in his debut. He'll get better. I think the Steelers, while they're not going to the playoffs, they will hurt some playoff teams. All right, last one, John. The Carolina Panthers, are they a for real one and four worse than the Houston Texans, or are they actually, no more Matt Rule, a fugazi worse than the Houston Texans? They're for real worse than the Texans. The Panthers are awful. Uh, Baker Mayfield getting hurt may be the best thing that happened to them because he's terrible. I'm stunned that he's been as bad as he is. Now, P.J. Walker, who coached, who played quarterback for June Jones with the Houston Roughnecks, the only undefeated team in the last iteration of the XFL. He's going to start Sunday, but they fired their offensive coordinator, Phil Snow, who came from Baylor and probably never should have been an offensive coordinator in the NFL, but they're headed for another high draft pick. And then when Sam Darnold is ready to play, he'll take over as the quarterback all right so so we've got that uh the raiders and the steelers you think are actually better than the texans but the commanders lions and panthers are worse than the texans i think there's some two and three teams out there that are worse than the texans too i i know they lost to the bears i swear if the texans played the bears 10 times they'd win six they the, the bears suck i feel that way too they're gonna look back not just that one but the Denver game, seeing yep. how bad the Broncos are and how bad Russell Wilson's been playing. Now he's mm -hmm. hurt, plus he's going to start. You know, they – they God, they could have won that game. And then that first one tying the Colts, you know, Jonathan Taylor's out now. Wouldn't the Texans love to play the Colts without Jonathan Taylor? Because oh, yes. he's abused them. But yep. they're going to look back and they're going to think, man, we those are three games – we should have won. I Absolutely. don't think they should have beaten the Chargers, but I think they should have won those three games. Yep, no doubt. And I think if they get decent quarterback play, they win at least one or two of them, and they're a, they're a minimum of 500 team right now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, all right, so let's get to these uh, other for real or fugazi. We'll rapid fire these. We'll go through these quickly here, John. And this is a good segue because we just... We just got done talking about the Texans and we mentioned quarterback play. So pro football focus does player grades, as you know, for every player in the league and you can find where they're ranked among their positions. For example, there's 36 quarterbacks that have played enough snaps to qualify in the rankings for pro football focus. These are just subjective grades that they get that players get from analysts that watch the games. And you can say what you will about the accuracy of the grades. This is more just you telling me if these rankings match the eye test that you've seen so far. All right. I'm going to start right at the top, John, with the quarterback. You ready? You tell me. I'm just going to tell you where they're ranked at their position. And if you feel like that's in line with where they've played, that's for real. If you feel like the ranking is way off one way or the other, the ranking's too high, the ranking's too low, then it's Fugazi. Here we go. Davis Mills is currently ranked 14th out of 36 quarterbacks in the NFL. Fugazi. I don't know what they've been watching. My God. 14th. 14th. Is, is his agent the one making those grades? Uh, John, yeah. You know, John, a lot of these grades feel like they're in the range where they should be. Spoiler alert. Um, at least that I feel they should be. We'll see how you feel about them. Um, this one, I, I don't get it. Like, for. That he's in the upper half of quarterbacks in the league, man. Quarterback play must be abysmal around the league if that's the case. No way he should be there. Number one, he's the worst quarterback on third down in the NFL. His rating is 51. Yep. The next worst, Baker Mayfield. His rating is 59. He doesn't have a touchdown pass on third down. He doesn't throw the ball down the field like he did last year, and I think that's Pep Hamilton's play calling, but no, he is rated way too high. All right, here we go. For real or Fugazi, John, Brandon Cooks is currently rated 71st out of 112 qualifying wide receivers. Uh, that's for real. No, yeah, that's for real. Yeah. Brandon is not off to a good start. He averaged five yards a catch in Sunday's victory over Jacksonville. He's not getting the ball down the field. It doesn't look like he's getting open much. And you haven't seen him go, wow, that's a great catch like you have with Nico Collins. And I don't know how much of it is Pep Hamilton's play calling, which I haven't been impressed with, or if it's Davis Mills, but they're not throwing the ball down the field the way they did under Tim Kelly. So I think that's accurate. And if he doesn't improve that, Wide receiver, along with tight end and quarterback, are going to be the three major needs on offense. All right, next one. I'll do another wide receiver. Nico Collins, for real or Fugazi, he is currently ranked 36th out of 112 wide receivers. Uh, I like that one, for real. Okay. He's, made, he's, he's averaging 18.9 yards of catch. He has made big plays in the last two games, shows what happens if they go deep to him in the previous game and against the Chargers. And then he had that fantastic catch uh, Sunday against the Jaguars. I don't know why they won't work harder to get him the ball. And if he draws double teams, that should help Brandon Cooks. But I, I, I try to get the ball to, to Nico seven or eight times a game. Along those lines. I mean, are we, how many games, how many more games like we've seen so far, are we away from Nico being the number one wide receiver on this team? Or are we there already? 
I think we're there already. You know, he doesn't have as many catches as Cooks. Cooks not even averaging 10 yards a catch. Yeah. You know, we see if Cooks making five, six, seven yard catches. That's the route that he's called on to run. It's not like he's gone down the field and come back. I just don't like anything about Pep Hamilton's offense at this point. All right, three more on offense here, John. A couple of rookies, one of your favorites. Running back Damian Pierce, for real or Fugazi, is this ranking accurate? He is 11th out of 63 qualifying running backs in the league right now. I agree with him. He's fourth in rushing. I think that uh, it's interesting. He and Brees Hall are the only rookies ranked in the top 41. Uh, with rushing, of course, he's way ahead. Now, he struggled as a receiver. He struggled holding onto the ball. It drives the coaches crazy. But I think Damian Pierce is a revelation, and uh, he could go up even more as the season progresses. Yeah, and we talked to Nick Casario about it today on our show um, on Payne and Pendergast, and I asked him about Damian Pierce's workload, and you know, Nick talked for a while about how they look at these things. The bottom line was if – it seems like if 26 carries from Damian Pierce is what they need to win football games, he's getting 26 carries. You know, they, they're they running him. They're going to run him. Um, I asked Casario, excuse me, about he had 29 touches on Sunday. If he'd like to see somebody else get five or six carries a game or if he's happy with those two. And he started talking about uh, Royce Freeman's carried the ball for us, Dargoon Bawali. And I'm like, well, why aren't they getting the ball? Yeah. Because I don't think you can go – you can play 17 games and Pierce touching the ball close to 30 times and not have a backup running back capable, say, of averaging four yards of carry and get, say, five carries. That's just 20 yards. Anything's an improvement over Rex bleeping Burkhead. Agreed. Agreed. All right. And uh, two more offensive players, another rookie, Kenyon Green, John, for real or Fugazi. He's currently rated 54th out of 73 qualifying guards. Is that ranking accurate for real, or do you feel like it's off? Fugazi. Fugazi. I think that Kenyon Green has started slow. He's a really good run blocker. I saw a stat that he'd only given up one sack. Now, that's from one of those. might have been from PFF, but I thought, okay, he might have just given up one, but I can – remember two or three where his guy pushed him back into mills that caused incompletions. Now I don't look at all of them like that, but I just think the kid is doing really well. He was on the all rookie team last week for the athletic did for that point of the season. So I'm going with Fugazi. Fugazi on Kenyon green last offensive player, Laramie Tunsil for real or Fugazi. He is currently rated fifth out of 72 qualifying tackles. Is that accurate for real, or do you feel that's off, Fugazi? That's for real. That's accurate. Laramie's having a great start. You know, he had that one bad play where he didn't get the peel block uh, on the strip sack that started the Colts come back to a 2020 tie. And then he's had a couple of penalties. But every time I look up, his guy's not close to Mills, and sometimes he's being buried with Laramie on top of him. So he has been, he's playing the way he played before last season when he got hurt in the fifth game and didn't come back. So he's been their best offensive player by far. So that is for real. All right, John, five defensive players, and we'll get out of here. Uh, let's go to – let's do a, a rookie here. Derek Stingley cornerback is currently rated 83rd out of 104 qualifying cornerbacks is that for real or fugazi fugazi he's got a he's got an interception in the end zone 
He's got a sack he got credit for. He's knocked down some passes. He's getting the first receiver. There's no way he's rated that low. That would make him, I'm guessing, lowest rated Texans cornerback, but that's a fugazi. Yeah, I think it's Fugazi too. I, there's no way, and especially in a league where to to wit, you know, that they in a league where Davis Mills or in, a, in an ecosystem where Davis Mills is a 14th rated quarterback, which tells me quarterback play has been bad across the league. That Derek Stingley's rated 83rd after watching what he's done with my own human eyes. I, I'm with you on that one. Desmond King is currently rated 12th out of 104 cornerbacks, according to Pro Football Focus. Is that ranking for real or Fugazi? Boy, I would have to say is Fugazi because he's coming off his best game and it was clear he made some plays, but we've seen every play and he's made one here and there. But if you're going to be that high, you're making those plays every game. And I don't see that King has. Would I put him in the top 20? I don't know. There's a lot of quarterbacks. Top 30 I probably would. But uh, I don't know I would put him that high. Yeah. This is the first Fugazi that you've had where pro football focus has had them rated too high that we've done this exercise. All right, I got three more, John. Uh, safety Jalen Petrie. Man, the pro football For focus. Oh, hold on. They have Jalen Petrie rated 75th out of 84 safeties right now. Fugazi. Stevie Wonder watching that tape. Give me a break. We've seen him, mate. We've seen him. Let's see. He has... Well, how many interceptions he have? Two. He's two. Not, he's see. He's had three plays, tackles for losses, called back because of penalties. Now I know those are not officials, but the fact that he had them and they got wiped out. Now he's missed tackles and he's made a couple of mistakes in coverage. But my God, to have him rated that low, uh, is, yeah, is preposterous. I don't, I don't get that one. I, I really don't like Stingley. I guess you could say, all right, well, Mike Williams had a huge game against the Texans Corlin and Cor Sutton. Corlin Sutton had a huge game. Like I still think 83rd is, is woefully off, but like, okay, the, the, we've seen things, we've seen evidence there that Stingley has struggled at times. And I know Petrie has really struggled. He early in the season, he struggled tackling that, you know, if there's, I'd have to go look at how the grade is broken down. My guess is if he's rated 75th, it has nothing to do with his ability to make game changing plays. He's made a lot of those. All right, let's get to the last two, John. Edge defender Jerry Hughes currently rated 22nd out of 112 edge defenders. Is that for real or Fugazi? Fugazi. I don't think Jerry should be rated that I had his four sacks early. He hadn't had anything the last two. He doesn't play a whole lot in run rundowns. It's against the pass. Um, if, they, if he could get up to around eight or nine sacks for the season, he'd be a tremendous addition. He already is. But, man, I just, with all the defensive ends, edge rushers, getting the quarterback and playing a run, I just don't see it. Top 20, yeah, but not that high. All right. Well, I think we're about 50-50, like for real and Fugazi right now. So this will be the one that breaks the tie because I've got 11 total players on here. Kamu Gruger Hill is currently 78th out of 78 linebackers. Is that for real or Fugazi? He's for real. Kamu uh, has not played nearly as well as he did last year. He's no, coming he's off not. his best game. He made a lot of plays last season. You know, he plays behind the line of scrimmage. He's he suffered in coverage. They've been going after him in coverage. So I think that's accurate. It's, we're going to see, I believe, from here on out, we'll see more of Garrett Wallow. We'll see more of Christian Harris. 
and I won't surprise me if we don't see more of Neville Hewitt. I don't think it'll all be at once. I think it'll be gradual. But Christian Kirk, say, you know, he's as good as he's going to get. He's not going to get better. Kamu Grugier Hill last year played better than anybody thought, but now he's, I guess, uh, he's proven what he really is. Yeah. But they need to look at Wallow and they need to look at Harris because those guys are the future. They and those guys should be the present. All right, there it is. An all for real or Fugazi plus some Astro Thoughts edition of the Utopia Football Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so, John, we are going to take the normal Monday morning uh, podcast and go hiatus this week because it's a bye week, and I'm going to be in Kansas City at the Kansas City Buffalo game this weekend. So I'm, I'm going to be way too drunk on Sunday night to record anything with you um, <laughs> that, that won't get me in, in massive trouble probably. Um, so we'll pick the schedule back up next week for the mailbag and for the preview of – week seven in the Las Vegas Raiders. I'll remind people to mailbag. If you want to email in and email questions, John and I do a mailbag episode each week in the middle of the week, H O U mailbag at gmail.com H O U mailbag at gmail.com. All of you who have emailed us questions, especially you regular emailers to the podcast. We really appreciate you. H O U mailbag at gmail.com on the way out, John, any thoughts, anything you got going on? You want to let the people know about I'm writing two Astros columns for gallerysports.com. I will have a Texans column for sportsradio610.com about what they need to do to win more games like they did against Jacksonville and how many they're capable of winning right now. They're not many, but you know what? They Where they could be compared to where they are was pretty close. We want to thank everybody for listening to our Utopia podcast, and please spread the word. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell lots of friends. We appreciate it. Podcast has good momentum going on right now, and uh, and so do the Texans. They won a game last week, so we'll see what happens week six against or week seven against the Raiders. Week six, bye week coming up this weekend. All right, so we are done for Figgy Fig, who produces this podcast, gets it out to you guys ASAP. We appreciate him doing that. For the Hall of Famer, John McClain, I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you next week. Again, mailbag at gmail.com. you got a few days to get us your questions. We will next see you for that mailbag episode next week. In the meantime, enjoy the bye week. Enjoy week six. And we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody.